This episode of Boss Barista is brought to you by Junior's Roasted Coffee, a micro-roastery and education consultancy based in Portland, Oregon. I've known the founders, Mike and Karen Nelson, for years, and I was lucky to sit down with Karen and talk about her retail cafe. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the struggles one faces when they open a new business, and Karen was kind enough to share some of the struggles she's faced being a new business owner. Like having the freedom to do whatever we want is amazing, but we also have to consider things that go into it. Like, are are we welcoming everyone? Are we being fair? Like, what are the consequences of what we do? And if we make a mistake, we have the power to control our response to it. We'll hear more from Karen later in the episode. And for Boss Barista listeners, Mike and Karen want to share their coffee with you. Check out some of their coffees online at juniorsroastedcoffee.com and use the promo code BOSSBARISTA at checkout for 10% discount on your purchase. Junior's Roasted Coffee is operated by two of my favorite people in coffee, and I wouldn't promote anything that I didn't believe in. So I hope that you go online and get to check out their coffees. That's juniorsroastedcoffee.com. Use the promo code BOSSBARISTA, all one word, all capitalized, for a 10% discount on your purchase. Hey friends, this is Boss Barista. I'm Ashley Rodriguez, and we are here today with the second part of our interview with Myra Hernandez, who's the owner of Back of the Yards Coffee in Chicago, Illinois. If you haven't listened to the first part of our interview, we go to the coffee shop and talk a little bit about how Back of the Yards started. It's episode 43 on the podcast. You should really take a listen to it before you get started on this episode. But before we really dive in and talk to Myra again, I want to say a little bit of an apology to you folks for how long it's been since there's been another episode. Um, There's been a lot of traveling, there's been a lot of changes, a lot of really good things and just a lot of what have you, (laughs) what happens when things start to change up. Um, I was in Colombia a couple of weeks ago and have been compiling a lot of stories, doing a lot of recording. I just haven't had as much time dedicated to actually editing and making these episodes as stunning as possible. The last episode with Myra was actually the first time we collaborated with our new co-collaborators at Good Beer Hunting, and they've really helped us make this podcast beyond amazing, and they're going to continue helping us do so with this episode. So again, if you haven't listened to the first episode with Myra, go back an episode, episode 43, listen to the conversation. It's incredible. This episode is a little more of a sit down between me and Myra. We're actually in the studio recording this episode and we talk a lot about hiring, a lot about mentorship and about legacy and what Myra wants to leave behind with her business. So we're really excited to share this episode with you. So please enjoy Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Boss Barista. I'm Ashley Rodriguez, and we're coming to you from our new studio space that the very generous folks at Good Beer Hunting have lent us. It's pretty incredible, especially because right now in Chicago, it's beautiful outside. There are windows everywhere. There are plants all over this room. And I am so lucky to do my very first interview in this space with Myra Hernandez. She is the co-founder and owner of Back of the Yards Coffee in Back of the Yards neighborhood in Chicago. And I'm so thrilled that you're here. Thank you, Myra, for 
joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I really was inspired to talk to you from an article that I read um, in Daily Coffee News about you and your partner, Jesse, opening up your coffee shop and your whole business model. So for people who maybe haven't heard of Back of the Arts, can you tell us like a little bit about your business mm-hmm. and a little bit about the neighborhood that you're in? Mm-hmm. Of course. So Back of the Yards is a neighborhood that's located uh, right next to the Chicago Union Stockyard. So that's the name Back of the Yards. It's an immigrant community. It's always been an immigrant community. Um, initially, it was populated by a uh, European population that came in to to work basically when that, that space was still full of like cows and pigs and <laughs> chickens. So, um, you know, Carl Sandburg wrote a poem about Chicago and called Chicago the hog butcher of the world. So there was always a, a lot of work to be done there. And then eventually um, when the Union Stockyards closed, it became uh, an industrial uh, manufacturing area. So there's always been a lot of work and there's always been a lot of hardworking families in that neighborhood. Um, Back of the Yards is also a neighborhood that's uh, been kind of systematically like under-resourced. And so there's a lot of uh, issues around you know, violence and um, just a lot of lack of resources. And so therefore, uh, the community's gotten a lot of bad rap in the media. Um, it's kind of usually known for, it gets pointed out when there's, you know, gang violence. Um, and and so having lived there, my family first moved there uh, in the early 1990s. Uh, I know that, that while that was an issue, it wasn't entirely true or it doesn't define, you know, it doesn't define the community. And so at a very young age, I started uh, getting involved in community service and and uh, getting to know my neighbors in my community. And uh, so, you know, many years later, I decided that I wanted to open up uh, a business in, in Back of the Yards. And so uh, Back of the Yards Coffee House is, is now located there in Back of the Yards on 47th and Hoyne. And... Uh, and the coffee house has become this amazing place for people to come together. It, it's a lot more than I ever thought it would become. Uh, you know, aside from being a, a coffee house that offers specialty coffee, um, we also offer, you know, fresh food. While we have a very simple sandwich menu, everything is is fresh, um, unlike a lot of the other uh, fast food restaurants in the neighborhood. Uh, it, you know, it kind of offers something that's different for the community. And, and I think the community has responded really well to, to the coffee house there. How did you get involved in coffee? <laughs> so I've always been a coffee drinker and not the, I wasn't drinking the best coffee to put it that way. Um, but I was addicted to coffee <laughs> and there just came a point where I was too broke to continue <laughs> buying coffee. So I started looking into uh, brewing my own coffee and experimenting with cold brew. And I started, you know, kind of researching and looking more into coffee. And uh, my business partner, Jesse, previously owned a coffee shop a couple of years back. So I reconnected with him and this idea kind of grew from there. Um, out of necessity, we were both, uh, you know, he was unemployed, I was underemployed. And, and we figured that if we could 
kind of combine both of our passions, our, our passion for our community and, and for coffee, then we could create something special. And uh, yeah, we decided to take a risk and, and jump into the, the coffee business. And I think it's worked out well so far. How long have you guys been open for? So the coffee house itself is, has been open for almost a year. It's going to be a year in May. So. But you've been roast. You were roasting before that, right? Yes. Yeah, so, I, how long has it been already? So a year prior to opening, um, about a year prior to opening the coffee house, we were already selling our our coffee beans. So before you guys were roasting, and before you were really even doing back of the yards, you were like making cold brew and selling it, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I started experimenting with the cold brew and I felt like I had like made the best cold brew I've ever had. <laughs> so I invited Jesse over to, to give it a try and he loved it. He he thought he, was, he wasn't going to like it because he was used to drinking like just iced coffee and he hadn't really like given cold brew a chance. And after tasting it, he thought it was great. And we thought, well, why don't we start selling it? And for a couple of months, uh, we were making cold brew by the gallons and, and delivering it to, to our friends, like, like work offices and home. And that was kind of what was helping me pay the rent mm-hmm. <laughs> until we, we actually got the, the business set up. Mm-hmm. What has the response from the community been like? So, uh, you know, there were some people that were kind of skeptical about the idea of having a, a coffee shop in a neighborhood. Um, but for the most part, the community has responded like, um, it just, it's been an amazing response. They've been so supportive in many ways, initially with, um, I guess, moral support. Um, them just believing in us was was motivation to get us through, through our journey. And then even with their contributions, we had a, uh, started a, a crowdfunding campaign to help us get our business started and we had a ton of support uh, we raised uh, over seventeen thousand dollars and many of the contributions were like five ten dollar contributions so that was just like it was <laughs> overwhelming for me like to feel that that support and that love from the community and you know, and there are customers also, so it's great. It's great being there and seeing your friends and your neighbors come in every day, or just seeing people who haven't seen each other in a long time meet at the coffee house, or just people who are strangers that, you know, go there for coffee and find out that they're neighbors. And so, um, yeah, the support's been it's been amazing. You mentioned like that some people, maybe perhaps, didn't believe that that could happen in the neighborhood mm-hmm. that you're in. Can you talk a little bit about like what that means? Like what would people say to you or what <laughs> perceptions do people have about like coffee yeah. in, in a Mexican American neighborhood? Yeah. So I guess, you know, I had mentioned earlier that back of the yards doesn't get a lot of good publicity on the news. Um, some people thought that a business there just wouldn't work out, you know, I hear like, oh, people are scared to go there. No one's going to go to your business. Or why would you even name your business after that neighborhood? Um, and and other people saying Mexican people don't even drink good coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And it's like, well, that's not true because a lot of people will travel outside of the neighborhood to go to all the coffee shops. And and um, and we saw that as like, well, that's money that's leaving our neighborhood. That money should be reinvested into our neighborhood. And, and I think we've proven that <laughs> we do enjoy good quality coffee. And we just didn't have it available to us, really. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but I, I think we've proven those people wrong. <laughs> and uh, it, there was there was so much more positive support that, you know, people who who said things that, you know, that they felt like the business wouldn't work out there. It really didn't didn't really affect us. <laughs> How do you feel like I, I'm sure like before you guys opened the business, you guys like probably went to other coffee shops and like saw like what other places were doing. And I wonder what it, what it feels like to like go to other coffee shops in Chicago and see the scene in Chicago and, you know, try to take good things from places that you like, but at the same time, try to be like uniquely yourselves. Like what would you notice about kind of just the coffee scene in Chicago in general? Yeah. So I think for the most part, or the, the coffee scene in Chicago, especially the coffee scene, um, doesn't necessarily reflect the type of community um, that we're from. And I almost feel like walking into these spaces is almost intimidating. <laughs> and so I can't imagine like someone like my mom, who's been drinking like Nescafe <laughs> her whole life, to walk into a specialty coffee house and not really know what to order. So um, while we love the, the quality of, of coffee that's being served, you know, in Chicago and in these specialty coffee houses, and we love the style, um, we wanted to make sure that we created a space that was inviting and, like, warm and welcome where, like, I can see, like, my tias and my abuelitas, like, coming in and feeling comfortable enough to to hang out there as well. So it wouldn't just be a space for, like, you know, like, the cool college kids. <laughs> so we wanted to to make it um, a space for everyone, really, and, and a space for people to feel comfortable enough to ask about coffee and to say, like, well, I don't really know what to order, what to get. So um, so that's kind of what we, we intended to do, you know, make sure that we were maintaining the quality of the coffee and, and at the same time creating a space that was very welcoming and comfortable for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it seems like those were two like big goals that you have is yeah. making a community space that was welcoming to your entire neighborhood, mm-hmm. but at the same time also making excellent coffee. Yeah. Uh, I wonder like as you're kind of like building out your business model and thinking about all like the different things that kind of go into a business, what were some of your like big like goals to start or how are some of your goals kind of shifted as you have been open for a year? Mm-hmm. So... Um, one of our main goals was, of course, providing high quality coffee. Um, and, but something like we thought an issue that would come with that would be making it also affordable for our community. Um, but thankfully by some miracle, (laughs) you know, we came across, um, uh, a coffee grower here in Chicago who, whose family, you know, owns the coffee farms in Chiapas, and we were able to establish that direct relationship with them. And so it, it's it's been like a huge blessing because we we're working, you know, to to 
not only pay the coffee growers more than they would typically be getting, but we're also able to make coffee affordable for our community here in back of the yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a- another big goal for us was trying to be as eco-friendly as possible. And um, I'm always thinking about where all my garbage goes. <laughs> I'm one of those people. And so um, being able to, you know, uh, provide uh, materials that are compostable, you know, work on recycling, and also be able to educate people who come into our coffee house about what you could do with, with um, you know, your cups when you're done. So, um, you know, we're trying to create a sustainable, a sustainable business, um, and that was challenging at first, but we, I think, we're able to prove that you can be socially responsible and and be a, a successful business at the same time. Um, and then an, another big goal was to make sure that we were giving back to our community. So um, we wanted to make sure that we were somehow still committed to to our community before we started the business. So Jesse and I worked with a lot of programs in the community, and we, I think, with a lot of organizations and nonprofits, you know, funding is usually an issue. So. Um, I guess this, this was one of our main goals, trying to figure out how we can give back to those to those programs. So out of every bag of coffee that we sell, a dollar goes into what we call the social impact fund. And so that fund is is being used to fund programs in the neighborhood and back of the yards that that help um, promote peace and education. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just got like lost in that. I was just like, that was so great. I was like, man. But at the same time, like, I wonder, like, do you think there's like a burden kind of maybe unfairly put like on you and Jesse to address these things as opposed to like other coffee shops in Chicago or even just like in places that don't feel like the weight of responsibility of like the neighborhood that they're in or being from the neighborhood? Because you've been involved in community organization in back of the yard since you were like a child, right? Yeah. Do you think that there's like this like weight that you feel (laughs) because you're from there that maybe like other people don't have to feel? And does that feel at all like a burden sometimes? Um, I wouldn't say it feels like a burden. It definitely feels like it's, it's my responsibility to do my part. And if I can do that through, through my business, then if I wasn't able to give back through my business, I would not feel like fulfilled. And I do think that businesses have a responsibility to their to their communities, to their neighborhoods, wherever they are, wherever they're from. Um, because I mean, you're 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 part of that that piece, little piece of land, that little neighborhood. And I think it's just very rewarding to be able to give back or or just be involved somehow. Whether it's by you know me just hiring local, um, I think that that would make a a positive difference in the world, <laughs> you know. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of business owners that you know do give back and and you know make donations. But I think that there's other ways and more creative ways that you can get involved with the community. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of other things that I don't know about that I could be doing, but um, community engagement is so important and speaking to your neighbors and 
and and people who've been there for a long time to and listen to their stories and listen to what they have to say. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's a burden. Um, and I think that a lot of people want to help. I think people want to do good in the world. Um, but maybe they don't necessarily know how. And so if you can make it easy for them, then I think they would do, you know, what they can to give back. And I think that, you know, by, by having that social impact fund and, and, you know, giving that dollar from every bag does make it easy for people because you're already doing something you would do every day. And it was like buying a cup of coffee, buying a, a bag of coffee. Um, you're, you're already doing good with that. So, you know, the, the maybe that's a role model that we hope other businesses um, follow. We want other businesses to copy what we're doing. And, um, and yeah, I, I think... I think people, community would respond a lot better to businesses if they saw that that engagement with, with people. You mentioned hiring locally, which is like my favorite topic is to talk <laughs> about hiring. I love hiring. I think it's it's fascinating and really nuanced. And, you know, being a first time business owner who has to hire people, I wonder yeah. like how did that make you feel to hire your first employees <laughs> and what kind of questions did you ask them? Yeah. And, what did it feel like to be like somebody's boss? I know. I think the first time I interviewed someone, I was probably more nervous than they were. Um, it, it's really, it's kind of cool to be like on the other side, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it does come with a lot more responsibility. Um, but it's really, I don't know. It's really exciting to also be able to learn, you know, the other person's like story and the people that we employ are really young still, you know, um, some are still in high school, first year college. And to see, like, I guess their excitement and their drive is, like, kind of re-energizing. But, um, but, yeah, I was definitely nervous the first, like, two or three times, like, interviewing someone. But after, like, the fourth, uh, yeah, I kind of already knew what questions to ask and, and what to look for. Um but yeah, it's it's really exciting, especially when you know working with with the younger population. What kind of things are you looking for, and how do you ask those questions? So it's interesting in our neighborhood, due to the lack of resources, there's a very, very high unemployment rate um, in young people in back of the yards, and a lot of the young people in back of the yards um, come from you know families where maybe it's just a single parent. Um, some are, you know, dropped out of high school and they don't have job skills. And so I have to be aware of that, that they might not have everything that we're looking for and that some of these people will need uh, more guidance and mentorship than probably more than I could offer. But if I don't give or if we as a business don't give these people a chance, I don't, you know, I don't know where they're going to end up. And so it's hard for me to to even be like, oh, I expect someone who's going to be like on time every day or knows, you know, how to like uh, speak to customers because they don't have these skills all the time. And so I have to make sure that 
but I'm coming from like a, a social social justice um, perspective, and that I can't just be like, okay, you really okay, like you're fired, you're done. Like these people have such interesting stories, and they're dealing with things that I can't even like imagine how I would deal with them. So, um, and, and that's why it's so important to know the neighborhood and know the stories of these people because they're dealing with things that require so much like resilience that I I can't just be like oh I expect you to like be perfect at everything so yeah so (laughs) well I find that really fascinating and awesome because like there are so many people who will write off Mm -hmm. employees by like being late or having to like switch a shift or not being able to make a shift because you know they have to pick up a child or they have like to take care of a parent or even just being taught certain skills that are taught maybe maybe to some people not to others and it's just like how do we how do you really give people those skills and how do you stay understanding and how do you find how do you really like pull potential out of people yeah so and I'll admit that at first in the beginning, I was like, okay, this person's been late like this many times, like they need to go. <laughs> and then, you know, I talked to Jesse about it and then we kind of have to like, okay, no, let's, let's think about what we've learned, you know, growing up here in this neighborhood. It, it is tough. It's very challenging for me because you're also thinking, okay, but we're still a business and at the end of the day, you, you know, you need to run a business, but we have... We have mentors, um, and we're not the only ones working with with these youth. We have a team of people from the community. Um, You know, we have a connection with teachers. We have a connection with the principals from the schools and the mentors in those schools who all know a a lot of the students, a lot of the youth in their neighborhood. So it does take a team. It takes a village. (laughs) Um, But, and and that's what I mean, like, sometimes I need more mentorship and, and guidance than I can offer but because we have a team of people that are watching out for these for these youth um I think that makes it a little bit easier um so it's not just all on one person but um it really does take a lot of teamwork and a lot of effort from from a lot of the adults in our neighborhood to kind of create um I guess to create a community like a real community that is trying to empower and uplift everybody at the same time. Are there any of your baristas or any of the people that work for you who like you're real like particularly proud of? I think when I was visiting you, you mentioned um, one of your baristas in particular, and then I was watching a video about <laughs> about you two, and then she shows up and she's like, "I was bagging, I was like standing <laughs> bags at first, and now like I'm yeah. a full fledged barista, like." <laughs> What, what is that process like, like taking someone from like the very beginning and kind of elevating them into a position mm-hmm. of responsibility? Yeah. Well, I'm proud of my whole team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm equally proud of everybody. Um, but um, our barista, Paola. Uh, so, yeah, she she uh, it came to us actually as a as an intern. We have a uh, internship program in Back of the Yards called the Back of the Yards Peaceworks. And that's another program in our neighborhood that was created to help, you know, find employment for the youth. And she was very, very quiet, very shy. 
Um, and I wasn't really sure where to put her. I was afraid to put her like uh, behind the counter. I wasn't sure she, she would be comfortable speaking to customers. So I had her like yeah, stamping bags and like, you know, labeling the coffee bags. And then eventually I thought, okay, let, let me give her a chance. And she just like took off. She was doing amazing. Um, she didn't even like coffee. <laughs> Actually, a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, the youth that we employed hate coffee or hated coffee before they got there. <laughs> that was like the one job requirement. Like you have to taste the coffee. And uh, and yeah, she she just took. Um, you know, she takes criticism well. And I think she's just very driven and comes from a really hardworking um, background. She's always had to work really hard and fight for to have, you know, just basic things in life. So um, that's one of the, the great things about, you know, working with people in her neighborhood is that they're very driven and they they want to they want to do good. They want to they want to be better. And, uh, you know, she, oh my gosh, I, I am very proud of her. <laughs> yeah, just thinking about, you know, the, you know, the first time having her at the shop, but, um, she's very, you know, responsible. And I think she truly cares about the business as well. I always tell them that like, this is your shop and you guys are in charge of it. And, and I want them to feel like they, they have ownership in, in the business and so she's taken that very seriously, and um, yeah, and I'm really proud of her. And you know, she's she's doing latte art now, and <laughs> you know, she she learned how to dial in, and she's tasting the coffee and the espresso. So I told her then one of my goals is to send her out to like latte, you know, art competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's still shy to go do that, but I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure she'll be she'll be out there soon. What does it feel like to be someone's mentor (laughs) are they gonna be listening to this it's scary um because then I wonder if I'm if I'm doing the right thing and a lot of times you know I I feel like I still need more mentorship but I think being honest and and just being kind of true to yourself is is a good enough example for them and for them to know like we're all in a learning process right now um but it's it's an honor I would say I love working with with younger people and oh, I feel old now it's like <laughs> I think you're younger than me so, so don't you're, worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're the future now <laughs> um it's it's really cool and and it just reminds me too of when I was younger and I was and I looked up to like you know the cool teens, <laughs> um, and it, I had I had mentors too growing up, and so we want to continue that. And we, uh, you know, Jesse and myself are products of people who believed in us and gave us second chances. So we want to be able to continue that in the neighborhood, and um, and Jesse and myself are just two people out of many people in the neighborhood that that you know were part of mentorship programs, and now they're they're mentoring others so I think that's one of the beautiful things about back of the arts after the break we'll hear more from Myra about opening her business stay tuned 
This episode of Boss Barista is brought to you by Junior's Roasted Coffee, a micro-roastery and education consultancy based in Portland, Oregon. Earlier in the episode, we heard from Karen about some of the struggles she's faced as a new business owner. When we initially talked about what we were thinking about doing for this ad, we talked a lot about being transparent. So I asked Karen to be transparent and open about her experiences opening up a new business and the things that she's learned along the way. In my personal life, I was a bigger planner than I am now. I'm a lot more spontaneous because you get two hours where you're like, okay, let's, you know, let's sit outside in the park and just like chill out for a second. If you don't take that, you may not get that back for another week. Karen was transparent with us, and I want to be transparent with you about why I chose to work with them. I've known Karen and her partner, Mike, for a long time, and they are both caring and hardworking and considerate, and I wanted to talk about them on this platform. Karen is one of the co-founders of Wink, which helps fund baristas who want to compete in coffee competitions, and I want the listeners of Boss Barista to know about them, and they want to know about you too. Check out some of their coffees online at juniorsroastedcoffee.com and use the promo code BOSSBARISTA at checkout for a 10% discount on your purchase. That's juniorsroastedcoffee.com. Use the offer code BOSSBARISTA at checkout for a 10% discount on your purchase. So you have a business partner. Yes. His name is Jesse. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you two are treated differently? <laughs> For any reason at all? Well, let's see. <laughs> let's see. I'm like considering that, you know, most of uh, <laughs> And I guess in the coffee industry, you see a lot of uh, males, a lot more males represented than women. I mean, yeah, there's times where... Uh, I think I spoke to you about this before when, you know, we meet someone, you know, as, you know, oh, we're the co-founders of Back of the Arts Coffee. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of times where, like, he'll be the only person that's being spoken to. And I'm still like, okay, is it because I'm a girl? Like, is this still happening? Um, but, you know, Jesse does, like, he's very aware of that. So he does a good job at, like, pointing out, like, hey, <laughs> my business partner's here, too. And, um, yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> do you deal with this, too? <laughs> I think... <laughs> Probably everybody listening to this deals yeah. with it in some form. Like, do I really have to explain? I don't think you have to explain <laughs> it, but I think it's, I think it's also like pushing that conversation a little bit further. It's like, how do we challenge like the people close to us too? Like, it seems, it seems like Jesse is very aware of it, but like, yeah. how do you tell someone when they're like not aware of it, or how do you explain a phenomenon to someone when like they don't have to experience it? Right. So it's like. I don't know. I've t- I've, I I talked to some of my male friends about this. It's like it's not only the fact that it happens, but it's the fact that you always have to doubt if it's happening. Exactly. I, okay, I'm gonna be really honest. <laughs> there is days when I'm like, I I call it out. Like, hey, like I'm you know you need to talk to me. <laughs> um, and there's days when I'm just so exhausted. Like, come on, I'm trying to run a business where I just don't have the energy to like deal with this like machismo. You know, and I'm just like, okay, Jesse, go on. You like, <laughs> take you care it, of it. Yeah. You do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm blessed to have to be surrounded by a lot of male friends who are very aware of their privilege as males and who are supportive and, are you know, help me in calling out, you know, situations where, you know, I'm not being acknowledged. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it does take a toll on me t- um, 
it's, you know, running a business, running this business has been like one of the most challenging things that, if not the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. And then sometimes at the end of the day, to still have to deal with like, you know, catcalling, like, you know, or, you know, or just, you know, like dealing with other men when we have like meetings or whatever, it's, it's very exhausting. And so while I can explain it to Jesse as much as I can, I, you know, I don't think they're aware of. Yeah, it's, it's like they're never, like you can talk about it Mm -hmm. and your, your male friends can be aware of it or any other people who are in a position of privilege can be Mm -hmm. aware of it, but there's still like this internal weight that you carry where you're like this affects me all the time like I have to question if this person treated me this way and then sometimes you just want to like you said like not deal with it yeah you're just like I want to not even I don't acknowledge it (laughs) yeah and yeah so I you know I think that that's I think that's an experience we kind of all have where it's like I want to just make coffee or I just want to run my business (laughs) yeah I just want to go to work and do what I'm doing. Cause I, like you said, like running yeah. a business must be so incredibly draining. Yeah. It's exhausting. What are some of like the challenges that you anticipated having? But then like, what are some of the challenges that you just did not even see coming towards you in opening a business? Oh, geez. I don't know. There's <laughs> so many things, you know, like initially you know, Jesse and I had the conversation like before we like jumped into this whole project and we were both like, yeah, it's going to be really hard. Are we okay with that? And it's like, yeah, we got this, you know, it'll be challenging. We know, but we got this. But I don't think we really knew what these challenges were going to be. And everybody talks about how like, oh, your first year or your first two years of the business are the hardest. I wish I had asked like what was hard about it. Um, Because for me, what's been the hardest thing, I think it's just I don't know, stress management, like my anxiety is like (laughs) off the roof right now. And I never knew what anxiety was. And I feel really bad for like anyone that I ever thought was like just being dramatic because now that I know what it's like, oh man, it's tough. So I think just dealing with my emotions is, it has been a huge challenge. And I mean, that was the last thing I ever thought, like, I was going to have to be dealing with. But... How, how do you deal with your emotions? Oh, jeez. I, I mean, I need help with that. Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, drive to the lake in the morning. <laughs> no, that's real. Yeah. You know, we all talk about, like, self-care and, like, taking time for yourself. But it's just, like, I don't know if I have that time right now. Like, there's so many things to do that I feel like... Running a business is, like, I see it, like, this big, like, I don't know, like, this big mechanical thing with, like, a thousand gears. And I have to, like, make sure all the gears are running smoothly because if one gear is off, like, nothing else can function. So I think just dealing uh, dealing with the stress. But as our team grows, like, I'm able to kind of, like, you know, like, spread, you know, delegate some of the work. And so little by little... You know, I can get like an extra 10 minutes of sleep or something. (laughs) How would you, how would you describe like yourself? Like, would you describe yourself as someone who likes to be in control of a lot of things? Mm -hmm. Or are you someone who's like, I trust you to do this? Are you more like lackadaisical about stuff like that? Because I feel like 
the thing that I've learned the most about doing a project where you are, you know, doing the project mm-hmm. is that you learn a lot about the things that you will and will not tolerate. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, what have you learned about yourself doing this? Well, I learned that I I am a control freak. And that's probably why <laughs> I'm so stressed out. I wanted to do everything. Like, I somehow felt like it's my business, so I need to be responsible for every single thing. And so... You know, and I think this is where, like, Jesse and I, like, are good, like, you know, like, have a good partnership where he was like, no, (laughs) just give it to someone, let them do it. And I was like, but I don't want to. I'm, like, still talking at, you know, whatever workload. Um, So, but I've learned to, to let go and trust other people to take care of things. And, like, sure enough, everything works out probably better than if I had done it myself. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize what a control freak I was, but <laughs> but you're learning to let go. But I'm learning to let go. <laughs> Are you? What do you think of like? So you've opened up this coffee shop in like an age where people are talking more about gentrification. People are talking more about neighborhoods that like lack like investment from like like the city, like, like back of the arts mm-hmm. has, and you see like, I don't know if you know what's happening in Boyle Heights where they protested um, a coffee shop opening up in their neighborhood. And I wonder like how, how like that tailspin all kind of whirls around in your head. Like, how do you think about opening up your coffee shop? And how do you think like you and Jesse are kind of specially poised to do what you're doing mm-hmm. in back of the arts? Yeah. Um, now, that's definitely something that we thought about, you know, how are people going to react to it? But I think because because of our, like, you know, long-term, pretty much lifelong, like, relationship with the community, people were were very welcoming. Um, and and I think also because we, we were very intentional about, you know, employing locally and, you know, giving back to our community and aside from the coffee shop you know the roasting facility too like that there's a lot more opportunity for employment there um and and keeping that engagement with with you know our neighborhood I think people responded well to that and and just I think we just have a lot of how should I say this a lot of friends in the the neighborhood you know of all generations who who trust us and who want to be part of it and we want to create like opportunities for people to be involved in, in in the business so you know for any other businesses that are trying to open up that's why I always talk about like it's so important to know your community um and and be engaged because you know they'll, they'll be your customers and you know ultimately you need to make money right but you need to to also have a more personal relationship with with the community um you know, coffee shops don't have to, you know, signify the beginning of gentrification. We want it to be, uh, you know, to signify, like, revitalization in a neighborhood. So, you know, trying to keep those tax dollars in the community. And, and yeah, so, you know, we'll see how, how things go. But um, so far, so good. <laughs> Do you worry at all about the neighborhood changing or things um 
Yeah, I do think that change is inevitable. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who are, I feel like are very intentional about staying in a neighborhood. You know, a lot of times you hear about like, especially when you come from like, you know, an under-researched community, like, oh, you know, do good, get good grades, get a good job so you can leave the neighborhood. Um, we're, I think a lot of more people are kind of like changing their minds around, around that. And instead of leaving the neighborhood, they want to stay and help it grow. And so, and, and that's what I mean about like, you know, revitalizing the neighborhood. Like if, if, you know, you make that commitment and I know it's not an easy commitment to make, um, I think a lot, a lot of good can come out of that. And, um, and yeah, that, you know, that was, that's how I felt. My parents were really upset when they found out that I was going back into back of the yard. Cause I'll never forget. My mom was like, we worked so hard to get you out of that neighborhood and, you know, to try to buy a house somewhere else. And like, now you want to move back. And I was just like, this is where I feel at home. Like, this is where I feel a connection. This is where I feel like there's community. So I think now they're proud and they see, you know, what I'm doing and they're excited for me. But I hope that that serves as an example for other people and other young people who, you know, are at that stage where they're deciding whether, you know, to stay or move that, you know, there's there's a lot of us that are trying to to stay committed to the neighborhood and, you know, try to become homeowners in the neighborhood because that that's where you grow up. So, you know, I think that that's, I think like almost like a, like a phenomena for like our generation, like you're, you're, I think you're my age, like 30 or 31. Mm -hmm. I just turned 31. Mm -hmm. And I think that like the idea that you like leave is very much like from your parents of like, you have to like go and do better yeah. and like get away from here. Yeah. And now that like, we're in like our late twenties, early thirties. You're like, wait, but like, I grew up here. I want to be in my neighborhood, and yeah. even like I, even now, like I struggle with that. And I don't know. It's hard. That's like just. It's just yeah. hard to explain, <laughs> and it's hard to talk about, and it's hard to know if that's like the right thing to do right. or, like, no, or the way to do it. Absolutely. Like, I, and I know it can be really difficult for a lot of people. So I mean, it's a. I don't think there's like a a right or wrong thing you know a lot of people have suffered from being in that neighborhood so they you know want to get out of there um but you know there's so many different life stories like it, i don't know it's really interesting so you guys have gotten a lot of press <laughs> i think especially recently like if you google i think if you google back of the yards not even with coffee mm -hmm. For me, at least, I don't know, because Google Tell is me. yeah, yeah, Google's you know hacking into our whole right. life. But when I googled back of the yards without coffee, back of the yards coffee came up first. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was one actually. That was one of our goals. Oh really? Yes, because I like to find out more. Because I know if I look it up, like you said, like you know, our computers are tracking everything, so it probably knows I'm already searching for coffee. But. Um, and a couple of teachers did this experiment in our neighborhood where that, you know, Google back of the yards and what comes up on your results. And it was all like, you know, like gang violence and shootings. And we wanted to change that around. Like we want to be able to, 
you know, user platform to change that perspective. So I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> it, <laughs> might be, back of the it might be me too, though, that I'm like a coffee person. Everyone who's out there like, listening, look it up. Yeah, just look know. up back of the arts. Don't type in coffee. Just type in back of the arts and see what comes up. But a lot of articles about you and Jesse come up. And I think mm-hmm. something that I find kind of like interesting about the way that people talk about you is that they almost paint you and Jesse to be like these like martyrs of the community (laughs) and I wonder like how that makes you feel like it must be it must be both like good to be like oh we're in front of the news we're in the media like we can represent our neighborhood really Mm -hmm. well but at the same time like that's not the story like the story isn't that like you guys are saving the community like I wonder what that makes you like think about in terms of like how you guys are represented Mm -hmm. yeah that that has been on my mind lately it's very interesting and and one i don't even like being like (laughs) in the media i'm okay with the business but my face being on (laughs) on everything makes me really self-conscious i don't like to be in the limelight (laughs) um yeah i do feel like i i don't want there to be now this perspective of like oh here's this like terrible neighborhood and like but there's oh but there's like this coffee house doing great um i i try to use you know art platforms as much as possible to let people know that like i mentioned earlier while there is a a problem with gang violence in the neighborhood um as it doesn't define the people from back of the yards it doesn't define our community because there's also a lot of great things happening a lot of Great things have been happening for a long time. And, you know, we just, the good things don't end up on the news, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, Jesse and myself are just two people out of a lot of young people that are also doing great things in their neighborhood. So, um, so yeah, it feels a little weird. <laughs> um, but I, I do want people to, to know that. Um, when a neighborhood is constantly being criminalized on, on the news, it really has a very serious effect on the mentality of the people who, who live there. They start to believe that it's really not worth like doing anything with your lives. If people are always going to see your neighborhood, they're going to see you a certain way, you kind of just give up. And so um, I just w- would like people to be more open-minded and be aware of how you know media pushes a certain like agenda um but to know that there's beautiful amazing resilient people doing great things um and jesse and i are just trying to be as good as a lot of the the folks have been there for a long time it seems like a lot of people do know that like the i mean all the press is still incredibly positive Mm -hmm. and you know, you had this Indiegogo that made a bunch of money and you are, you're applying for the FedEx small business yes. loan, which you can shout that out here now too, if you want. <laughs> um, have you guys run into any instances where people are like not your biggest fans or any like pushback from anybody? <laughs> um, before we opened our, our coffee house, um, we had applied for a business grant and we were awarded we were already selected as a as a winner 
Um, however, we didn't have support from one person, unfortunately, our alderman. Uh, <laughs> our alderman uh, did not support us, and so he wrote a letter to the organization in charge of the grant to let them know that he would not be supporting our business. And so, you, you know, CC'd me, sent me a copy, so I knew. <laughs> he sent you a copy? Yes, that's how I knew. Oh my god! <laughs> that's how I found out. Um, and that grant would have helped us with the uh, cost for, like, doing all the interior improvements. Um, so, basically, was, he was saying he wasn't going to, like, let us build out the, the space. Um, yeah, so uh, we had to give up the grant because it was holding us back. And the longer we waited to open up, I mean, we were losing money. So... You know, we had to to give up the grant, and that's when we decided to launch the the crowdfunding campaign, hoping <laughs> that we'd be able to get some funding that way. And thankfully, the community was just like, oh, like everyone was just in to help us out, and so that's how we were able to raise the money. So if it wasn't for really the community coming together to help us out, we wouldn't have been able to open our doors. Um, so that was a very interesting moment <laughs> where it was also kind of like proof, okay, we don't really need like government officials and aldermen right. to make a change. And, and I think it proved that the community wanted something and that they were going to help do it. So like a lot of things in back of the yards, people come together, neighbors come together and we help each other out. So, so you walk into your cafe Mm-hmm. and everything is going right. Like, what is that, like, what is, what does success look like for you, both, like, in a small scale, like, just looking in the cafe, and, like, on a larger scale? Um, you know, our opening day, we had a line out the door from the moment we opened until, like, I think it was, like, 3 p.m. where we had to cut off the line because we had run out of, like, everything at the shop. (laughs) We thought we stocked up for the week. We never knew, we never in our our wildest dreams that we think we were going to have a line out the door. I mean, it was, it was, so I felt like I was dreaming. The shop was full of people. And it was just, like, this amazing, like, I don't know. I was like on cloud nine. I, I couldn't explain it. I was, I was, I felt like I was dreaming. And until this day, you know, even on, on my hardest, toughest days, when I'm at the shop and I see, I see people come in who, you know, haven't seen each other in years and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? And people just kind of like, like meeting our strangers you know, who happen to talk to each other and find out that they're actually, like, next-door neighbors. It's so exciting. And when I see, like, community being formed inside the coffee house, that's when I'm like, okay, this is this is what it's about. Like, it really is. I wanted, I wanted it to be a space for, you know, for change and people coming together. But to actually see it and to feel it, it's, it's amazing. And there's days when I look around the shop and it's like, I know everybody here and, and everybody knows each other. And like, that's so cool. And I feel like that's helping, you know, neighbors, you know, be closer to each other. And, and, you know, hopefully that creates more trust in, in, within the neighborhood as well. So seeing that 
it's uh, it I kind of just makes it all worth it, you know. Did you ever think that opening a business would be as emotional as it is? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, I think it's it's been so emotional. Well, for many reasons, I think one just because it's been a learning process for me. I, you know, I'm a first generation um, Mexicana here in Chicago. Um, my my parents uh, brought me to Chicago when I was only like 11 months, so I've pr- practically been here my whole life. But you know, we come from struggle, and and uh, I I guess I didn't really have like any business mentors, so everything's kind of really scary, and I wonder if I'm doing the right thing all the time, and so I think that adds a lot to like you know like the fear and the emotions and. And also like happy emotions um, in, you know, just getting, receiving so much support from people. Um, But yeah, I didn't think it was going to be this, this emotional. What do you want your future to look like? Oh man. Let's see. I want to have a day off. (laughs) 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 Um, I really would like to see the business thriving and you know the coffee house and the roasting facility and I really want to co- back the arts coffees to be like Chicago's like community roasters and and I want to you know be I want people from from back of the yards to also be aware of the community in Chapas because we kind of wanted to be like a bridge that connected to communities that were in need in different ways in need but in different ways they also have something that each other can benefit from um so i want to be able to bring those stories together and then hopefully from there people all coffee drinkers would be more aware and more appreciative of where coffee comes from because um you know coffee comes from from people people of color and I don't think that people of color here in the United States are aware of how much like our people in our in our homelands have to offer the world and um, you know one of the cool things at the coffee houses when I told somebody that the coffee was from Chapas and they were so excited they were so emotional because they're like I'm from Chapas so like I think for people to just know and appreciate what their their coffee is coming from, um, yeah, it kind of makes it all more, more, I don't know. It's not just a cup of coffee. It's like a whole story, you know, that you're drinking. So it makes people more appreciative. And um, and hopefully that would translate to success, more success for, for people on both ends and back of the yards and, and in Chapas. So... To wrap up, because we mentioned this a little bit earlier, can you tell us about this uh, grant that you're you guys are applying for, this loan that you're applying for, um, and get our listeners excited about it? <laughs> yes, yeah, so we um, we are trying to win the FedEx Small Business Grant. So if you get a chance, uh, please vote for Backyard Coffee. Um, we would use the grant to help us, you know, expand on our roasting facility and be able to, you know, create those job opportunities 
um, for people in our neighborhood. And so, um, you know, keep us in mind, Back of the Arts Coffee Company. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like people want to do good. They want to help out. So by supporting our business, by buying a bag of coffee, by coming into our, our coffee house, um, you know, you are making a difference in our neighborhood. So vote for Back of the Arts Coffee. <laughs> do you feel like, I mean, this is a little, I wouldn't say off the record, but like more like behind the scenes, but like, do you feel, do you feel like you've expressed everything you want to express? Like when you read articles about yourself or even thinking about like what we talked about now, like, do you feel like, like your story is out there? Like, do you feel like you're, you're, you're telling something that's important? Like, how do you feel in these moments of like telling your story to people? Yeah, I think, I think the stories being told, you know, as far as our, our relationship as a business with our community. Um, but I think this is something that I, I haven't really thought about, but I feel inside. It's just like letting people know, like, um, you know, young women, especially young women of color, that there's so, so many things that I didn't think that I would be able to do. And like, I'm doing right now and it's so hard and um and you know I go through all these emotions and anxiety but when I look at like my community and like you know and just my community being mentioned in a now in a positive light in the media like oh my gosh I can't believe like this is happening and like it makes it all worth it so I guess I I want what I want to say is for for uh all the women out there that feel like they're not being acknowledged or you feel like you're being held back, um, that you can do it. It's a lot of hard work, <laughs> but, um, you know, keep fighting. And I'm trying to, to be more intentional about, you know, women being represented in the coffee industry, um, because it is challenging even in our own culture. You know, I had some women like shocked that I was like the one in charge. <laughs> but I think that's, you know, like a general gener generational issue as well. But um, keep at it. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I, all the stuff that you said about like anxiety and self-care days off. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, she knows my life. I bet too. Um, I guess also mental health, like, you know, you're not going to read about that in the articles, but um, yeah, it, it's definitely challenging. And I think uh, I would like to see or hear more from other business owners and other women business owners and kind of know about how they deal with running a business. <laughs> Am I the only one going through this? <laughs> there's no way you could be that's the thing like it's, it's you have to, yeah. there has to be other people going through it but like how much of a stigma is there around talking about it or how much like do you feel that you have to always present as like I'm doing it like everything's great versus like well today wasn't so great like right. is that a, that's okay right yeah so and that's where I'm kind of like I'm at right now where like uh do I tell people that I'm having a really hard time right now or like 
I I guess I'll just keep smiling and saying everything is great. Um, But yeah, I I would like to kind of break that stigma. And and I would like to hear more people talk about how they deal with running a business. If there are any business owners listening, please get in touch with us because we would (laughs) love to hear more stories of people... (laughs) I mean, they, I mean, they mean a lot to me even today. Like I saw somebody on Instagram who like, I don't even know that well. And she posted something about like, you know, I wanted to write about like just feeling low and having low self-esteem. But then instead I wrote about this and I was, and I like messaged them. I was like, that actually really like mattered to me because (laughs) I've been feeling really awful lately. Yeah. Um, And it's, you know, it's not that they're fixing anything, but it's just like knowing that you're not alone and feeling terrible and like all these like all the success and these success stories you know you see like the nice things but it it also comes with like really difficult moments um I talked to actually about two weeks ago I talked to another business owner uh she's a woman she's like in her I guess almost 70 she told me she was 60 yeah like 65 67 and I told her then I had opened up a business and she was like, ay, mija, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-oh. She's like, I've been in business for almost like 35 years. And, you know, she owns like a a little like uh, breakfast place. And she's like, I didn't have a vacation for 16 years. And I used to cry almost every day. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh. I mean... I don't, <laughs> I don't want to end up like that either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the difference, I guess, now from, you know, back in her time is that um, I have a, I feel like I have a team. Um, and I think we're more aware about the importance of, like, having a day off and, mm-hmm. you know, taking some time for yourself. I actually used to fight Chessie all the time because I refused to take a day off. I was like, no, we're business we're in business now you have to go work every single day and I don't know where this mentality came from but it's not sustainable like for your health and so um he had to fight me to get me a day off (laughs) but um, did it work uh, yes so I'm glad that happened but um but yeah so that is my story for now (laughs) there's there's gonna be more soon yes I hope so well, thank you for coming and telling us your story and for just engaging really critically on like what it means to be a business owner and for being vulnerable. I feel like everyone should get, everyone should be vulnerable, but everyone should also like acknowledge that like I am being vulnerable now. And that's Here okay. I am. Here being I am. Being vulnerable. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, how can, uh, how can people find you? Are you on Instagram? Are you on social media? Like how do we, how do we learn more about Back of the Arts? Yes, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You could uh, also look us up on our website, backoftheyardscoffee.com. Um, Google it. So Google us, <laughs> Back of the Arts Coffee. You'll see my face and Jesse's face. <laughs> yeah, check us out, like our page. and um, Come visit if you're in come, Chicago. Come visit us in Chicago. We are on 47th and Hoyne. There's parking in the back. <laughs> it was very easy to find parking. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> when I was there. Yeah. Well, thanks again for coming. Thank you, Ashley. Boss Barista was created by me, Ashley Rodriguez, 
and made in collaboration with Good Beer Hunting, which is an industry-leading brand studio, editorial platform, and podcast devoted to the many issues worth discussing around the things that we eat and drink. You can learn more at goodbeerhunting.com. Please check out their website. There are so many incredible articles that I find myself looking at constantly over and over looking for advice about how we can be better in the coffee industry. They're doing a great job and they're helping us make this podcast for you folks. So goodbeerhunting.com. Go ahead, check them out.